Hey, it's Craig. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Canadian History X early and ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Canadian History X. I used to live in Regina. I used to be a reporter out at the Regina Leader Post for a couple years. And while I was out in Regina, and while I lived in Gull Lake, a small community near Swift Current, Saskatchewan, I always heard the name Rod Peterson. And I would say that the three most famous people in the province are the Premier, the Quarterback for the Rough Riders, and Rod Peterson. Now, Rod had spent 20 years as the voice of the Rough Riders before venturing out and creating the Rod Peterson Show, one of the most popular sports shows, I would say, in Canada. And I was able to talk to Rod about his life, his career, and his show just recently. First question, how did you get involved in uh, in media and uh, radio? <laughs> Boy, uh, <laughs> I'll try to be brief on that one. I just got asked that on the weekend. But I, I was raised on a farm. 30 miles south of Regina in a little town called Milestone, Saskatchewan, youngest of three boys. And I hated trying to say, but almost every single second of living on the farm, it was too quiet. It was too boring. I was a good distance younger than my older brother. So I was alone a lot. <laughs> and I'm just like, I can't wait to get out of here. And somewhere along the way, I got bitten by the broadcasting bike. I want to say as early as grade one. And I was just plotting my exit <laughs> to get out of there. And as soon as I graduated grade 12, I went to broadcasting school in Calgary. And kind of the rest is history. But something was seated in me growing up on a farm in tiny, you know, rural Saskatchewan to do it. Um, and then so you've been, you were involved with uh, uh, the riders for a long period of time. Um, one question I have is because I, I lived in Saskatchewan for uh, quite a while. And... I've never lived anywhere where a place is so invested in a team. Why do you think Saskatchewan and the Riders are, are so intertwined? Well, that's, that's a good question. I spent 20 years investigating that, trying to come up with an answer for that. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a really good question. I mean, for the longest time, they were the only pro team here. So there's got to be something with that. I mean, here in Edmonton, uh, you know, it's, just, it's very similar with the Oilers mm-hmm. and, and the people of Edmonton. Terry Jones and I have talked about that. I mean, here, it's, they get up every morning and they want some shred of Rough Rider information 365 days a year, <laughs> 24-7. Um, but the team, it's not as much as it was in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but it sort of embodied the people of Saskatchewan, that Saskatchewan tough mentality. Guys came and played for the team for 15 years at a club, 10 or 15 years, so they became part of the community and I guess you know, the reason I say the team isn't like this as much now as it was then there was a real emphasis on the staff the players and the coaches getting in their vehicles and driving all around the province to sell tickets to banquets literally meet the fans mm-hmm. 
And I and I guess if you're asking me what was the reason, that would be the number one thing. Now I still do that. I've been to every corner of the province speaking, but it's different now. And what I get the most is, how come the providers don't come out here anymore? And uh, it's a legitimate question. Um, I'm not saying they don't love the riders as much, but that's what built it mm-hmm. to where it got to be at its peak. Do you think because there is a lot more options right now, uh, you can you know watch uh, you know sports from anywhere in the world, things like that, that it's kind of caused uh, maybe not as as I don't want to say not as strong of a fan base, but uh, not as rabid as a fan base, I guess. Yeah, let's see. You know, I think the riders themselves are examining that. As a matter of fact. We live in an era now. It's interesting the timing that we would do this interview, you know, two months into a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we come out, everything's going to be examined. Everything's on the table. And maybe what worked before to build a brand for a team and a fan base, teams are going to be going back to that. They're going to have to move fans back into their stadiums and arenas. Mm-hmm. And you know, at least get them to tune into their games and get them to love that team. I mean, you know. This isn't the road that you wanted to go down with this interview, but it's just corporate types in sports now. The term I'm hearing is have fractured the relationship between the fans and the team in every league at every level. So they, they still love the Rough Riders, you know, it's just they don't necessarily feel like they know them because they literally did. Yeah. <laughs> for, for a long time, they literally knew those players. And if you, you know, you mentioned you lived here for a time, when those guys took to the field, those were your family taken to the field mm-hmm. and, and and it's not all like in the cfl nhl's been doing it for years major league baseball i mean josh donaldson's been on four teams the last four years mm-hmm. you know minnesota atlanta toronto now it's the same in the cfl guys sign one-year contracts they're not loyal to that province or that team anymore and the fans can sniff it out yeah they sense it so it's a lot of the way that sports has changed and i just think i mean i'm a big faith guy a big believer guy. I think there's a lot of God at play telling people, hey, this has gone too far. Figure it out. Send everybody to their rooms to figure it out. Yeah. And you know what? They have, they're they not close to figuring it out. So we're still going to be locked up for quite some time ahead, I think. Oh, wow. I think so, without a doubt. Um, what What was it you love about sports? Because kind of your whole career is kind of centered around sports and has been for a while. What, what drew you to sports? Well, my dad... Uh, well, we had, there were three boys on the farm. We all played hockey. We all played baseball. We played whatever was available to us. So, frankly, if you ask me what I love about sports going back to being a kid, it was the um, the discipline, the teamwork, showing up on time or you're punished, all those basic life principles that you learn being part of a team concept has been the hallmark of my life. And then, two, growing up on a farm with three channels and, One's French. Uh, <laughs> watching Expos games on CBC French or Hockey Night in Canada, uh, those games transported you to Montreal or to Maple Leaf Gardens or where have you, Yankee Stadium when you're a kid. So, again, you're sitting isolated on a farm and it's like, wow, those lights look bright. That looks cool. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a big world out there. And so my I honestly felt guilty. I said to my mom, few years ago I said all my cousins stayed on the farm and they're working so hard and I'm not I'm just <laughs> traveling all over the continent and I'm having so much fun and I'm hanging out with stores uh, you know literally from stage and screen not to mention athlete I feel guilty and she's like don't you follow 
Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy in this scenario. So I just, I, the farming wasn't for me. Sports was. And then I should mention my dad, not only did he farm all summer, but he worked in hockey for, like, he worked in the NHL with the Stars, first Minnesota, then Dallas for 26 seasons. Mm-hmm. So, and he took me literally everywhere with him. Everywhere he took me. So I got to meet the personalities. It seemed like a really cool life. So it was pretty seamless to get into it. Um, growing up in Saskatchewan, did you ever think you'd be so involved with uh, just a variety of sports and, and meeting sports stars and also uh, meeting a lot of uh, Rough Riders stars, you know, past and present? No, I, that was never the plan at all. As a matter of fact, I wanted to be a country music DJ. That was what I wanted. <laughs> uh, but sports just kind of found me and pulled me into it, to be honest with you. So, no, I mean, I knew that I wanted a career on the media, but you never know where your life's going to take you and I mean just in the last three to four years I've started and founded a recovery company where I help athletes and entertainers and the military in, in recovery recouping their lives whether it be from addiction trauma that's something that I never planned on doing either so I kind of realized hey just take your hands off the wheel and enjoy the ride mm-hmm. and I can't really complain but the one thing is I mean we're sitting here you're interviewing me obviously you have a history in the media and you know how it works it doesn't pay very well no. so a long ways there's a long time ago I was reading the news on the radio station at PA about the poverty line being $21,000 a year if you don't make that you're in poverty I'm like I make $11,000 a year I'm so far down below the poverty line I can't even see it with a stepladder and a, you know what I mean but yeah. a lot of the guys and girls working around me quit along the way Mm-hmm. And frankly, went and got real jobs. They're teachers. They're EMTs. They're doing whatever. They're you know working in government. And I just never wanted to let go of the dream. So there's there's a lot to that too. So I look at young kids now, and just I see some that are really talented and have the natural ability that I had, and I almost feel sorry for them. And I tell them, you're going to have the best career and the time of your life if you stay in this business. But you're never going to make any money. So, prepare for that. Yeah. Um, For me, my first uh, job in journalism was I was a sports reporter in North Battleford. And I made, like, very, very little there. But I was being paid to watch hockey games. So, it was, like, it was the best job in the world. Of course. And this is the one thing that, you know, I don't, you know, And I will say this to anyone who's listening that needs to hear it. North Battle is a great example. Look who's come out of there. Mm-hmm. Brett Wilson, Robin Silvernagel, you know, Wade Belak, tons mm-hmm. of NHL stars. Shoot. Uh, Emil the Cat Francis. Mm-hmm. What I've found now that I look back at my career, because I started on the radio at 16 as a teaching. Yeah. I'm 47, so I got 31 years in the business. Yeah. The young people look at the guys that have had the great career and it's something to it to strive to mm-hmm. you may not get there but when I look at Brett Wilson the star of the Dragons down at CGC guy and a guy that's become a friend of mine that's something that North Battleford hangs their hat on right he's a mm-hmm. big deal in North Battleford and that's a major source of pride for him mm-hmm. but for me to spend 20 years with the Rough Riders it's there's no doubt it's the number one media job in the province. I think the three most visible, I swear, this is what I think, the three most visible jobs in this province are Premier, Quarterback of the Riders, and Broadcaster for the Riders. <laughs> the problem with that is everybody's, not only are they all following what you do, 
do. They all have an opinion on what you do. <laughs> yeah. So I, I can tell with all those jobs. Yeah. So I can tell you when I stepped away from the writer broadcasting role, it was, I'm like, I'm done. See you later. Because it is being on a hot plate daily. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, you know, that, that quenched the thirst. That really was a rush. But by the end, it wasn't. It's tough. It's a lot. And you see why politicians and guys step away after some time because it's it's a lot to live with. Yeah. Um, do you have any favorite memories from your from your twenty years with the broadcasting the riders? Well, yeah. I would, this probably sounds trite or an over exaggeration, but every day with them was because people pay tens of thousand dollars or win contests to spend one day with the Rough Riders or go on one flight on a road trip, you know, as a prize in a home water bottle thing. So every day with them was a dream. It's a very high-profile franchise. Mm-hmm. But the Grey Cups, both won and lost, are always the memories. We won in 2007 in Toronto over the Blue Bombers at Rogers Center. That was a dream. Last CFL game ever broadcast on CBC. 2013 at home, which... I could go on all day, but I don't want to bore your listeners. But the, the, the concept of the riders playing in the Great Cup in their own stadium was almost too much to dare dream about. And then, you know, leading up to 2013, and then they did. And then they won. Like, that was beyond your wildest dreams that I was able to call that game. And then uh, 2009, the 13th man incident, and the subsequent Great Cup the next year, 2010, in Edmonton, those were losses, but they were just as memorable. So, I mean, obviously championship games, but just, you know, you talked about the, the fan base, just doing a job every day that you know means something to people mm-hmm. means a lot. I mean, but, but again, as the years went on, as people trying to knock you off your block, it becomes not as much fun anymore. Now I work in the recovery field. I mentioned recovery, you know, reclaiming people's lives. That's very noble. It's very rewarding. It actually feels better than anything I did on the radio. But the balance of the public don't care about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did the writers win or did they lose? It's not as sexy. So I kind of have got a you know role now where I get to do both work in sports, but work in recovery. I think it's the best life going now. It's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, so you, uh, you you leave the the riders uh, broadcasting, and uh, you, can, you eventually decide to to start uh, the Rod Peterson show. Just uh, tell me a bit about the show and kind of what what led you to uh, start doing that. Well, there's just some business guys in town that uh, tech guys that had a concept of doing a show on Facebook Live, but they never had a host that they thought could move the needle or you know pr- attract viewers until IB was available. So they sat me down and said, Rod, this is the pitch. And I said, hey, this is all I want to do. Then I, I'll do it, but here's the conditions. I only want to show up for two hours. That's it. <laughs> I don't want to line up the guests. I don't want to cut the social media. I don't want to do... Because that was what I was doing with the rider job, and it burned wore me out. Mm-hmm. I said, you guys handle all the off-air stuff. I'm in. And they said, yeah, that's what our goal is, too. So now I've got a job where I'm on the air two hours a day. They do everything else. I show up and talk and be entertaining and leave. And <laughs> I can say whatever I want. I mean, does that not sound like a lot of fun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Do you, do you feel there's much more freedom? You can, you're can not you not just talking about the riders. Like, you've had a wide variety of guests on. You've had, uh, you know, you've had friends of yours on, like, uh, you know, Rob Vanstone and things like that. So is it a much more kind of relaxed, happier environment, do you feel? It's way more relaxed. 
and um, you know for a few reasons. I mean, it's a it's a live show, as you know. A lot of people think it's a podcast. We're not licensed by the CRTC, so if I wanted to swear, we could sit here, you and I, right now today and swear. Mm-hmm. And people are like, "Are you going to drop f bombs?" I'm like, "No, that's never been me. That's not my way." But I still want to be able to say what I want. And my last job wasn't that. And I never really knew what my bosses wanted the last few years. Uh, whereas with this now, we're not going on and swearing. We're not going on and making look looking any, making anybody look bad. But we want to be able to say what we want. Mm-hmm. And I don't even want to say much more than that, other than, you know, factions in the CFL and the Rough Riders are like, you always have to make us look good. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't really do that if you don't make yourself look good. That's <laughs> tough. You know, so, but the other thing is, this is similar to growing up on the farm. I followed baseball, I followed hockey, I followed every sport. But when I, you get into the Riders, it takes over your life. It's all you have mm-hmm. yeah, real time for. It. That's all anybody wants. Now, I work with the NLL. Now, you guys had the rush at Edmonton. You know, they're now in Saskatchewan. I work with them. I work with the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. I work with NHL people. They're on our show all the time. Like, I, it's every league. It's actually refreshing. Um, I thought it would be a big job having to stay on top of all these leagues because I never did before and realized that's actually not work. <laughs> like you said, getting paid to watch hockey games. It's the same thing. So to go on the air and give your opinion every day, and the fact of the matter is, the wilder that I get, and I guess the bigger rant I go on, people can't get enough of it. And they've realized through 232 shows, I'm not putting on an act. Mm-hmm. That's just me. So the other thing is, I was just a Saskatchewan guy before. Now it's national, global, actually, mm-hmm. because of the internet nature of it. So there's a lot of people across North America going, is this guy real? <laughs> and the thing is, when you're on the air in your hometown, you have to be real because people will snip it out in a second. Mm-hmm. So they know me. It's just like this is a whole new audience, <laughs> and that's exciting too. Um, with your name and and kind of with uh, with your history with the writers, and you'd obviously have a lot of people from those years who listen to you coming to the show to listen to you. What's the response been uh, like from uh, from viewers? It's been off the charts. I mean, I get I get asked a lot. Has it met expectations? And I'm like, it's, it's exploded beyond our expectations. To be honest, our very first day broadcasting on Facebook Live, going in, those business guys I told you that it was their idea, they said, Rod, what, what will make you as, what will be a success to you today? I said, if we get through the show, I'll be happy. I don't care about how many people are watching, two, a hundred, <laughs> a thousand, a million. I, don't, I just want to get through two hours without the system crashing, right, and having everything work. That will be a success to me. And they're like, oh, well, he's not all about ego. He just, you know, I just want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. If you do a good job, people will, 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 will tune in eventually. And that's where we're at. And then I had a coach, a CFL coach, text me yesterday. And he said, keep going, man, because right now I don't care all we got in this country in terms of live daily broadcasting content. And that just revs me up. That doesn't put pressure on me. That doesn't scare me. It's, uh, let's go. It's mm-hmm. go time. So that's the kind of reaction from fans and sports people alike. You're carrying the flag right now with the pandemic. You know, go get them. And mm-hmm. then when a coach tells you that, makes you feel pretty good. Absolutely. Um, tell me a bit about the recovery work you were talking about. Well, I mean, through all of this, my dad was a recovering alcoholic. He quit drinking when I was two. And all through my life, he told me, be careful. This is going to be a, potentially be a problem for you. And it was. 
to the point where uh, January 26, 2015, I faced an intervention with regards to my drinking. So I just passed five years sober, and it's kind of humbling to have to face an intervention if you watch the television show. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel good. Uh, but I did it, and it turned my life around. And two years into getting sober, I had I was approached by, as I just talked to him today, Bob Marier, the most legendary sober coach on the continent. He was Rob Ford's sober coach. He got a sober coach to the stars, actually. And he offered me to come work with him helping people get sober and deal with various mental health and traumatic situations. And uh, I got the necessary education, got a diploma, got intervention training, stress, trauma, grief, and here I am doing that every day. And uh, so I kind of balanced the two careers, and I found that the two careers work really well because the sports people that are struggling, or even just the public that's struggling, they feel like they know me. Whether they know me or they don't, they feel like they do, mm-hmm. which makes them feel safe. And then, you know, I made myself very easy to find through social media, and you found me pretty easily, right? <laughs> um, you know, so if you, if you need some assistance with getting your home back on track, um, I help people in that on a full-time basis, and that's why, that's why I... There's no feeling like that. It's the best thing that I've ever done, and I didn't plan on doing that either. And me, so that's why I kind of have a goal to set out and do these things. But life doesn't always go according to plan. No, absolutely. Um, and just my last question: How can uh, people catch the show? Uh, when's it on? You mentioned Facebook Live. Uh, so yeah, if they want to watch the the show, and uh, how often is it on, and all that. I appreciate that. Thank you. It's pretty simple: 10 a.m. Mountain every day daily uh, for two hours. 10 a.m. to noon Mountain on Facebook Live. All you have to do is type in on your Facebook Live search window, Rod Peterson Show. It'll come up. And it's uh, available anywhere in the world, obviously, wherever you may be. We have a live audience stream, too, rodpeterson.com. But for, and honestly, we're on Game Plus TV Network, too. We're supposed to go live nationally in a million homes on April 8th, but the pandemic screwed that up. Uh, that station is not broadcasting right now, or at least they're broadcasting reruns. So mm-hmm. best way to get it is Facebook Live. Sorry for the long answer. Oh, just works. search Rod Peterson Show. Yeah, just search Rod Peterson Show, and you'll get it every day. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Canadian History X and our interview with Rod Peterson. You can support the podcast by going to Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can email me any questions you have at craig at CanadaEHX.com. And you can go to my website and find hundreds of articles on Canada's history. Just go to CanadaEHX.com. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time.